Hi, and welcome back to No Crying in Baseball. It's episode 33, Big Sexy Edition. I'm here with my friend, Potty Mouth. Hey, I'm excited about talking about baseball today. Yeah, you are. And we're going to say happy birthday, happy 45th birthday to our friend Bartolo Colon, who we love and admire. So happy birthday, Big Sexy. Yeah, and you got to catch out that GIF. I always say that wrong. GIF, GIF, GIF. GIF. Damn it. GIF is peanut butter. Gotcha. GIF of him through the years. And, you know, I think ironically, the, the sexiest shot in that GIF is uh, is his brief stint with the Red Sox, which didn't go well, was not definitely not the highlight of his career, but way the sexiest picture. But he looked good doing it. Way the sexiest picture. Quick happy birthday to Linda in in San Francisco area because she plays our podcast at work with other people listening. Wait, out loud? Out loud. It must be a nice work environment. Happy birthday to you. We're going to talk about this really cool initiative that Major League Baseball is in with the X Games and ESPN. It's called the Shred Hate Initiative, and it's an anti-bullying campaign that works with schools, kids in schools, curriculum in schools, a lot. um, There's a poster campaigns, a lot of publicity things. Just this week, they're piloting it in three cities, Washington, Minneapolis, and Chicago. And, And this week, they started with Major League Baseball. And so players in each of those cities were meeting with school kids in different ways. And wonderfully and weirdly, all three players Art and CIB boyfriends. I was about to say, anybody we know. In fact, it is, there are people that we know. So Trey Turner is Yay. the Washington representative, and he met with groups of school kids before the game earlier this week when San Diego was in town. I bet he got checked for his school ID in the hallway. He probably did. That kind of he look actually about met him. in the park, in, in the ballpark, which is different than Tim Anderson in Chicago. He and his wife, the ones who took the kids to the, to the Negro Leagues Museum. Mm-hmm. They're the ones, that the reps from the White Sox, taking on this anti-bullying initiative, surprising no one. They actually went to a high school and appeared on that school's student-run TV channel. That is amazing. In a talk show format to talk about anti-bullying, which wow. is awfully cool. And lastly, Byron Buxton, my, my twins boyfriend, met with kids who came to the game. So before one of the twins games, they had conversations and talked about bullying issues before the game. So that's awfully cool. Which leads me to tell you a little bit more about some of those boyfriends, if you'll bear with me. One is Tim Anderson. So Tim was hit by a pitch on Wednesday when they were playing against the O's. Hit in the thumb, right? So that's got to hurt. Mm. So it's wrapped. But he's Ouch. still playing through it. But it hurts a lot. We're like, oh, how can you play through this? How can you hit? It's going to be terrible for you. Actually, he's hitting better. With his thumb in a giant bandage. That's really weird. He's hitting better. And what he said was... It's helping me swing at better pitches. I won't swing at a bad pitch to avoid hurting it. So every time it swing, he swings the bat, it hurts like hell. So he's really being very careful to pick his pitches. And as an example, he went on Friday, he went three for four with a home run against the Tigers. Working. That's crazy. And then uh, that was on Friday. And then on Saturday, also against the Tigers, he hit two home runs and had four RBIs. So that's working for him. Byron Buxton had... Um, Sort of their reverse with an injury happened. We've talked about him with his sexy sprint speed. Fast guy. He used all of that sprint speed to get to the wall to try to save a a Nelson Cruz home run. Oh, no. Whacked the wall at full speed with his face. Glove fell, flew off his hand because it's kind of a full body mash, came down bleeding from the forehead. Oh, that's a lot of blood. He was like... I think the wind got knocked out of him because he was like just prone on the field for a moment or two, scaring the bejesus out of everybody. But then he walked off under his own power. Now he's day to day. And of course, he's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. But they're letting him uh, take a moment. 
did so did he make the play though did he get the out he did not oh he did not but i'm giving him sexy points because boy did he try hard yeah super sexy points well talking about wrapping up your fingers and thumbs i want to move over to to blisters and pitchers because it seems like we've been talking about this a lot and I can't believe that I've actually been at two games where the pitcher was pulled because of a blister. We were together for the... Wait, wait, the, is it you? Is it another curse? Oh, is it a new fuck. curse? No, damn it. <laughs> Pitchers don't stay away from me, really. It's I, not every pitcher, not every game, but, but two, which does seem like a lot. So Rich Hill, boyfriend of my Dodgers, my ailing Dodgers who are just bumming me out. When they were here with the Nats game, we saw he made it like two innings. Not even, no, it was the first inning that he got pulled. It was fast. It was, it was fast. Two batters, yeah. So he gets pulled for his blister. Then I go back the following week. I don't think it was even a week to the to the Padres series and our Hellickson gets pulled because of a blister. At the beginning of the season, we talked about Otani not pitching because of a blister. So I'm thinking, what's going on? And, and at least as I was looking into it, at least for Hill and Hellickson, both of them had this as a recurring issue last year. And it's really bumming them out. So they've been getting a little creative about how to deal with it. So Rich Hill, two years ago, said, you pee on it. I swear to God. You know, he has that confused. You pee on jellyfish stings, not blisters. Apparently it works or it sort of works for toughening up your hand because other players have done this too, including the old Yankees favorite Jorge Posada, Moises Alou, and a current pitcher, Pirates pitcher, Jamison Talon caught the word of it because he's been battling blisters all year this year also. And he hasn't done it yet, but he said, man, if it works, I'll put up a sign-up sheet and everyone can come and pee. Oh, good. It's a group effort. It takes a village. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Like, after all these beer-soaked people in the stadiums, there's plenty of pee to go around for the pictures. Oh, stop. Anytime now. I'm done (laughs) with the pee. I really am. I'll I'll divert to the other idea that Rich Hill had, which is to petition MLB for allowing them to have protective tape over the blister. And you would think that this would be a logical conclusion, but they can't have anything on their hands, as we've talked about before. His manager, uh, Dave Roberts, doesn't think it's going to go anywhere. Anywhere. But Hill's concept is that the, the batters can tape up their hands. The batters wear gloves. Why can't we have tape over that blister just so we can keep pitching? The reason you can't have tape on your blister, Mr. Hill, is because who's going to police what you put on that tape? Like, say, pine tar. Oh. See the last episode, right? They're not going to be able to keep track of that. I'm sure they wouldn't do something like that. Mm-hmm. Other wonderful pitching boyfriend of mine from the Astros. Oh, speaking of pine tar, see what I did there? Oh, oh ouch. Ouch. Sorry. Ouch. That would be uh, Garrett Cole, which, yeah, is part of that whole controversy. But it turns out, and I talked about this way back when I chose Brandon Crawford as my Giants boyfriend, that he and Garrett Cole are brothers-in-law. So uh, Garrett, let's get it straight. Garrett's sister, no, Garrett's wife, Amy Cole, Brandon Crawford's sister. Got it. Anyway, she is a former softball star from UCLA. She's in the stands and she gets to watch her brother get a two-run home run off her husband. Did I get that right? I should have really written down the family relationships here. Well done. So uh, fortunately for the Astros, it was the only two runs of the game. They won the game 11-2. to Garrett Cole did really well otherwise. But it was a little bit of a boost for Crawford because apparently he had not been doing so well against his brother-in-law. At uh, the previous 18 plate appearances, he had gotten four hits and they were all singles. So he's trying to even the scales a little bit, got a little bit further. Garrett Cole's had a couple of 
tough starts in a row because they're they have this personal baggage, right? This personal baggage associated with them. Because right now, as we are recording, he and Trevor Bauer are pitching against each other, right? This was the, the That's whole quite a matchup. The Pine Tar controversy started with all this, and we t- we said the other week when we talked about this that it went back to their days at UCLA. They were two of the three members of the starting rotation of the 2011 UCLA baseball team, which was a really terrific team. Cole was the Friday guy, Bauer was the Saturday guy, and Adam Plutko was the Sunday guy. Adam Plutko is now with the Cleveland baseball team. So all three of these guys that were together in college are together today at this game. And last we checked, the Fighting Franconas were up 3-2. Both pitchers were into the eighth inning with well over 100 pitches each. So I can't wait to see how this turns out. I think this is like in hockey when sometimes a, a fight happens and the refs just back away. See what happens. And kind of see what happens. <laughs> just I feel let them like at it. That's what's going on here today. So we'll know soon. And we can follow it up on Twitter because I know that Bauer is very active out there. So we'll see what he has to say. I have to do some boyfriend chasing. I've had to do some boyfriend chasing. I don't know if you remember. Don't but chase boys. Make them come to you. That's what my mom always said. It's not working. It's not working. <laughs> this guy's running away from me. Well, I don't know, but it's all working out well. So I don't know if you remember, but way back when we were choosing boyfriends, I chose Denard Span as my giant's boyfriend. And soon after I uttered those words, he was traded to the Rays. So then I forfeited my Rays choice and kept Span because I'm a faithful kind of chick. So now it turns out that Span is going from the Rays to the Mariners. So I have to follow him again, but it is actually kind of convenient for me because I just lost Robinson Cano off the Mariners because of his PED issue. So everything kind of squares out well. I'll hang on to Span. We were talking last week that with Cano opening up second base, that that was going to be good for you because D. Martin, who... D. Gordon. D. D. Gordon, shit. shit, It's okay. It's all right. D. Gordon. why did I say that? I you know, no I think idea. it was a science teacher. Anyway. But we said D, D. Gordon was D. ready Gordon. and poised to resume a second the, base role. And how did he actually get to the base before breaking his toe? <laughs> I don't think he actually moved to second he, base. Yeah, and his he is toe on record as the Mariner's second baseman, but he's on the 10-day DL yeah. because of a broken toe. We're several days into it. He says, I feel fine. I'll be back. So that remains to be seen. But there you have it. I'm going to stick with the boys who stay in one place. Scooter Jeanette, I talk about Scooter a lot, but oh my God, he's doing amazing things. And I think he's like my new non-nationals guy that I'm all in for. He's given he's given Lindor a run for his money, I gotta oh, say. Wow. We're gonna talk later about the guy who's getting all the oh my god, he went five for five love. The other guy who went five for five yesterday was Scooter Jeanette in a win over the Rockies. All right, this is very, very cool. Also, in the past week, in the win over the Pirates. Scooter Jeanette had his fifth Grand Slam in a calendar year, which is a lot of Grand Slams. Super impressive, super impressive. A lot of Grand Slams. And it was especially satisfying because the pitcher walked Joey Votto, your boyfriend's boyfriend, to get to Scooter, which usually makes that batter feel insulted, right? Like, I couldn't get Votto out, but I can get the Scooter guy out. Come on, Mm -hmm. his name is Scooter. Scooter said... It definitely makes sense why they did it. Joey is, in my opinion, the best hitter in the game. So I definitely didn't take it personally or anything like that and proceeded to hit a grand slam off the first pitch thrown to him. So rock on, Scooter. You're my guy. And that's the way you do it. That's the way you have to deal with that. I just want to add that um, with a name like Scooter, it's kind of interesting that he's staying in one place. (laughs) He keeps going around and around the bases. That's it. (laughs) He's just scooting around. 
I, and I'm losing more. So I was saying nice things about the Yankees. I'm going to say some more nice things about the Yankees. And I'm also pissed off at the Yankees because they sent down my boyfriend, Torres, who has been doing great. He's batting over 300, but because of numbers and because they want to keep 13 pitchers and because Torres and Andujar, these rookies who weren't even on the scene when I picked Torres, have come up. And ironically, we talked about how Torres was at the hip learning from Torres, but Torres gets sent back down. So apparently he still has options. He's down in the minors. It might just be a couple weeks. It might be a month might be longer, but I am sad because now I am without a boyfriend on the Yankees for the time being. You know what? I just realized that um, Bird is actually my Yankees boyfriend. I had to do a swap there too. Oh, I, wow. And so your boyfriend just made room for my boyfriend. So um, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. So I, I missed that part as, as I was starting the story. I should have said that he got sent down because Bird came back up. And I, I can't believe you took Bird. I, I, he's just such a classic Yankees look. So, so not what I would want in a boyfriend. Talented, and we'll see where he goes. He's been we out for a while. We tend to pick boyfriends for different reasons, yeah. so that's okay. So uh, go ahead and vent. You know you want to. Do it. Do I, it. I, I don't even know how to start this. So I freaked out Friday night. I, I think was I there. Oh, my God. Out. It was scary. Uh, the we, good, we covered the children's ears. One and, night, really. it, and it was so fucking hard because there we go. I, am, <laughs> I am so glad to see Dustin Pedroia come back to the Red Sox. And I haven't done a real Red Sox rant for, for a while. I've been trying really hard to not put too much focus on this team that I love. But damn it. So Pedroia, who is the diehard, you know, soul of the Red Sox, coming back up and to make room for them. They designate for assignment Hanley Ramirez, which seemed to come out of left field. He's not in left field anyway, but it. Came, I was like, what the fuck? Because he has been the soul of the team this year. He has been the clown. And this is like the kind of boyfriend material, if I weren't already taken with Pookie, that I totally look for. He came out with a bullhorn when they were going to Tampa. He was doing drums in the in the dugout. So much cool stuff coming out of him. And out of nowhere, no rumors before this, he's DFA'd. Apparently, his musical talent didn't translate to his batting average. Yeah, Maybe? apparently. So that's yeah. the other thing, though, is at the beginning of the year, he was doing really well. Yeah, he was. He's been in a slump for about the past month. And you would think that that is not something that you should punish somebody to this extent for. I mean, it's been pretty bad. He's been 162, something like that. But what it comes down to is the unfortunate finances of baseball. Turns out, after a certain number of plate appearances that is going to come up very soon, he has his option of another year through the 2019 season, which will cost the Red Sox $22 million, which they can't put towards, say, when Pookie goes back into arbitration next year or whatever happens. And it turns out that they actually, it's not just... That they're they're getting under the the luxury tax thing, they're getting under the like the highest level of that tax. So they've already screwed that, and and, and it's not luxury tax. What's the right word? The salary cap. Yeah, no, not salary cap. It's it's that tax that they get when they spend too much money. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that's it. Anyway, the, there's a certain level, so they've already blown it. But so they're in the penalty level, but right. not yeah. They don't want the extra interest charge. Sure. So okay, I'm gonna back off. I said some things that I really regret the other night when this first came up. And, uh, and I can tell. I'm, I can I'm, tell by how you're speaking now that you definitely are thinking about it differently. I'm backing off. Sure. I understand. But I'm just sad. I'm sad for the spirit end. And I'm, I was really concerned as how that would affect the spirit of the other players. Even if he's not producing at the plate, what's the difference in the clubhouse? 
I got to believe that Pedroia makes up for at least some of that, if not all of that, right? Because everyone's so excited to have him back. And he's kind of a heart of the team, too. Yeah. And that is so a big deal. I think, I think it balances a little bit, but I totally get why you're sad. It's I, just I, so sad. I understand. The other thing I love about Hanley, though, is that he's a Yankee killer. So his stats against the Yankees, seven for 18 on the Yankees, including three home runs, two of which against my favorite Yankees player, CeCe Sabathia. <laughs> so I, what I like about this is last week you gave the Yankees some love, and now we're done with that. We're not. We're, we're not. not. There's so more I, love? Okay. I, got, I got shit from my Yankees fan friends or Yankees fans listeners who said that my Yankees love last week was not player connected, that I was just talking about the organization and I didn't give the players enough credit for being good players. Now, that's interesting because I always think that we hate the Yankees as an organization. I know I do, but I'm <laughs> fine with some of the players. And I think we do give the – so I think those Yankee fans – Tough nuggies, guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a couple just to get it out there. Torres is pretty amazing. Gleyber Torres, the rookie up there, he came so close to setting a, a major league record, but he set an AL record for rookies with four home runs in a row. Got broken yesterday. Four, so ho- he homered in f- each four of games. four games in a that's row. It, yeah. That's it. Thank you. Much, much better. And Judge is incredible. And I saw this amazing throw the other day that he threw from way back in the outfield to the plate to get the out. And... Against the Yankees, though, has been the Angels. So we can go into that a little bit and talk about maybe maybe I'm done with it with the Yankees love and talk about how the Angels are doing pretty well against the Yankees. So last night, you know, the, the Nationals played in the afternoon. So I'm kind of flipping. To, I, I got to watch some baseball tonight. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. The Angels are playing the Yankees. I can get that game. I'm going to watch that game. I want to see Otani. I've never seen him bat. So I totally watched this game to see Otani bat. And he did basically nothing. Um, he did. He was walked, and that walk uh, counted as an RBI, which was kind of hilarious. But I, I didn't get to see any of the dramatic stuff. But I did get to. See, I stay. I came for Otani, and I stayed for Trout because this was the game where Mike Trout, for the very first time, went five for five in a game. He hit three doubles and a home run and a single in that game. He was outstanding, and the single was my favorite because he just flat out outran it. It was a terrible little yeah. blue pit and he just completely outran it. He was, so was chugging. I saw that too. It was pretty spectacular. And Trout, as of yesterday, that great showing yesterday, gave him the best OPS, which is on-base percentage plus slugging against the Yankees above everybody else ever all time. So he did a shitload in that game too, because he also got home run number 17, which ties him with Mookie Betts for the yep. most home runs out there. Uh, side note on that, Home Run Derby coming up, which I'm really excited about. Mookie's not going to be in it, and neither is J.D. Martinez. So maybe Trout's going to hang out at number one, but J.D. and Pookie are probably going to be two and three and not in the Derby. Well, the commentators during the Angels-Yankees uh, game that I was watching were talking about Judge last year, mm. saying that you know he won the Home Run Derby by so crazy, much crazy, crazy. that he went into a big slump afterwards. That's true. And so thinking, eh, maybe people have watched that and said, I don't know that it's worth it. It'd be fun to do it, but I don't know that it's worth it. Well, Pookie said he doesn't get home runs in batting practice. (laughs) And the home run derby is basically batting practice. That's right. And J.D. Martinez did it because he's holding a grudge because he wanted to do it a couple years ago and he wasn't allowed to. And he's like, you don't have me now. You don't have me ever. That seems a little prima donna-ish. I mean, I like him most of the time, but now I don't like him anymore. I'm done with you, J.D. Okay. And as we speak right now, the Angels and the Yankees are playing the third game in the series and Tanaka's pitching. This is the matchup everybody's been looking for Mm -hmm. because back in 2013, when they both played in Japan, this was the last season that Tanaka played in Japan. 
and Otani was an 18-year-old. That's when they went head-to-head, and Tanaka's got that. Otani went zero for 11 that season against Tanaka. I don't know what's happened today. We'll find out later, and we'll report back to the class. I hope he can come back out of that, because that's a rough record. Crazy stuff with pitchers this week. Tampa Bay Rays tried something unusual. Instead of a starting pitcher going as far as he can, and then relievers, and then a closer, they started with what they're calling now, now all of a sudden they're calling an opener, which is basically a relief pitcher that they start the game with to try to get out the first three or four batters, and then bring on the starting pitcher to go as far as they go. This is really cool. The reason they do it is you've probably heard, you listeners may or may not have heard this, there is kind of a curse, like the third time through the batting order, the batters are used to what the pitcher is doing and they anticipate it better. That's why in so many games, the higher scoring comes later on in the later innings because they've seen the pitcher a few times. The way batting orders are set up, usually your strongest batters start the game, one, two, three, or one, two, three, four. Right. So if you bring in someone who's trained as a closer, which means they just boom, boom, right. boom with the outs. Out, they can't go out. a long time, but they can go, you know, really efficiently, really hard for an inning or so to knock out those first three or four pitchers. Then when the official starting pitcher gets going, they get through sort of the medium to lesser batters three times, but they probably aren't going to come around again to the strongest batters. So, And it's worked for Tampa Bay. And they, they're doing times. it again this weekend yeah. against the Orioles. And interestingly, the Mets might try it. They've got a doubleheader on Monday. This is especially good for teams without a super strong starting rotation. Maybe they have three three guys they can count on, maybe four, but they don't have that fifth guy. And so they used to call them like bullpen. They did a bullpen rotation to get Mm -hmm. through that last game. Here they're going to have an opener and then maybe a slightly weaker starting pitcher pickup. It's kind of cool. They're also looking at if those three pitchers bat righty or lefty. And I can't remember which way it is, Uh but there's some matchup matchup that they have with the pitchers that they're doing this with for the Rays that makes that decision. Because I know that they were going to do it for the O's and the Angels, but not for whatever other team was in there. Right. So when you watch, especially in playoff games or in later innings, the um, the managers often do like one pitcher per batter to really do matchups. Right. So this is a little bit like that. We got more drugs to talk about. More drugs. Another 80-game suspension, this time for the real stuff. We talked about Cano and his 80 games for the PED masker, but Wellington Castillo of the White Sox positive for an actual PED erythro... Why do I always try to say these words? Erythro... Put something. He's taking full responsibility. He took it. He knows he took it. I don't know what he took, but he knows what he took. He apologized. His teammates. We can spell it. We just can't can, say yeah, it. It's, it's on my paper. I don't know what the fuck it says, but he he apologized. His teammates are really actually nice about this. They forgive him. They talk about when he comes back, he's going to be welcomed back in. But 80 games is a long time for a catcher, right? The, the best uh, title to a story about this that I read this week was Lauren Commodore of The Athletic, who said, unfortunately, Wellington Castillo's remorse can't catch for the White Sox. Yeah. And the poor White Sox, <laughs> like they needed another problem. Let's talk about happy news. Let's talk happy, about happy, happy. rookies who have been just rocking this week. I'm so excited. Last week, we talked about um, that Juan Soto got called up for the Nationals and the game was going on while we were recording. So we missed the very exciting thing was that on his first at bat, he hit a three-run homer. So welcome to the majors, Juan Soto. And since then, I, I wrote down, oh, we hit two doubles this week in one game. He had a double in today's game when I was on my w- way over here oh, nice. to, to record. He's having a fantastic week. 
And he's walked four times. Yeah. You want to talk about that. And I saw that. So I saw the game was a Tuesday night game against the Padres, and his patience was unbelievable. I think he walked three times during that game. For a rookie in your second game out, to take the ball that often just shows incredible control style. Especially when you start by hitting yeah. a three-run home where you got to believe, oh, I'm I'm awesome. I can I can do yeah. this. I can hit the park every time. And to have that that and maturity and that poise, right? 19 years old, too. 19 years old. And I got to believe he was raised well because one of the highlights that I, sh- I, I saw of him coming in to score a run, he stopped to pick up somebody else's bat from home plate and take it into the dugout with him. And I'm like, okay, I love you. You're the best. Sweet. I'm keeping you. More rookies are out there, though. I just want to do a quick rookie check on the Rays' Willie Adames or Adams. I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. But it's got any. I go with the Adames. He got pulled up. He got called up. And he missed his flight. <laughs> there was some miscommunication there. So he literally arrived to the ballpark 35 minutes before the game started Jeez. against my Red Sox. And he gets a home run against Sale. So the, the rookie bar is way up there now. And the third person, the third rookie this week to do that was in that game we were just talking about with Mike Trout's five for five and all of these other fabulous things that happened. The Angels rookie catcher in his major league debut, Jose Briseño, went two for four, including his first home run. And he had the biggest smile on his face. So that's these kids are they're so excited to be there. They haven't been jaded yet. They're like, oh my God, I'm really here. And look what I did. Hi mom, right? Yeah. I heard actually Pedro Martinez today in an interview talk about let's see what happens when August, when the when the just the grinding of August and September comes around to these rookies. They're still very shiny right now. And the one the rookie that everybody wants, Blue Jays, Vlad Jr. He is killing it in yeah, the minors. Fun. He's hitting at the park. I saw a, a clip of him hitting a hotel with a home run, right, in the minor league park that he was in. Everybody wants him. And all these other rookies who are called up probably sooner than they would have been because of injuries to other players and stuff, like, oh, come on, bring us Vlad, bring us Vlad. You know, he actually has another little brother, and his name is Vlad also, which is going to be entirely confusing, but he's like 12 or 13, but he's rocking it in the Little League into the DR right now. So he'll be there eventually. That is a dynasty is what that is. I had an oh, that guy moment just really quickly. I was looking through, I don't know, Mariner's feed for some reason, and they're having a bobblehead night for for our favorite pitcher now, James Paxton, Big Maple, who we talked about with his no-hitter and with his huge number of strikeouts. And he was the eagle guy. Do you remember the very beginning of the season? The eagle that's sw- oh my gosh, the he was the eagle that, guy. The, that swooped. And, and, and I'm thinking that's really ironic that this bald eagle attacked the Canadian in the outfield. <laughs> The, the eagle in the was, current climate, I wouldn't put it past any. It's a any. little scary. The eagle was there as part of a pregame program, and he just got confused as who was his trainer and who was the baseball player. Forced patriotism is dangerous. More about that later. I haven't had the opportunity to say juiced balls in a while, so I'm going to say it today. I think that's great. Juiced balls, juiced balls. MLB did their own study on why the balls are flying out of the park, right? We talked about the one that scientists did on their own back in March. This one um, was done by the scientists and the mathematicians, the physicists, all brought together by Rob Manfred, by MLB, to do a study on why home runs, why so many balls flying out of the park. The bottom line is it's the air, not the balls. Contrary to the headlines. Right. So different news organizations read the same report. CBS said, it's not the balls. Sports Illustrated said, it's the balls, reading the exact same thing. The issue is, so, oh, okay, it's the air. So I went to 
See, it's climate change. This is going to get people to pay attention to climate change if it affects baseball. And I swear to you, the next line in the report said the committee found that rising temperatures were not the cause. Like they, they were, were inside they my were brain. to you. Yeah. What it is, is the drag. It's the drag. The reason it's for the, the surge in home runs is reduced drag on the baseballs, leading to better carry. I'm going to post the CBS Sports analysis of this, which lists the five things that Major League Baseball is going to do, including things like humidors and all of that. It's interesting. It still doesn't really get us anywhere. We have some news about women in baseball, and this is something that we really need to continue to watch and continue to focus on. There's three big pieces of this news. One is right now, the Eastern Women's Baseball Conference is happening in Virginia, and you and I are going to go see the final game tomorrow. Field trip. It looks like. Right now, after day one and half of day two, we got the stats. The New England Red Sox, yay, I think I like them already, and the Ontario Trailblazers are tied at having won three out of the... Three games played. They're playing a fourth now, so we'll see where they go. By the way, the East Coast Yankees have won two and lost one. But each game, each team is playing one more game today, and then we're going to see the championship games tomorrow. Number two, on streaming online, on Facebook and on YouTube, you might have seen in this past week, World Baseball Softball Confederation has been streaming the South American Under-18 Playoffs. Um, Brazil came in first place, followed by Colombia and Peru. Argentina fielded two teams. Neither one of them made it into the top three. Number three, our Rockford Peaches, hence where our name comes from, uh, is having their 75th celebration coming up tomorrow. This podcast drops on Tuesday. If you listen to it right away, it's happening starting May 30th, continuing through June 3rd in Rockford, Illinois, if you happen to be in the area. Check out the IWBC website for donations. And we're going to have to, everybody's supposed to do a picture of themselves standing in a V to celebrate this victorious celebration. We are on it. Quick follow-up to the Supreme Court decision on gambling now being um, made available to all the states to make their own rules. We talked a little bit last week about um, Major League Baseball wanting an integrity fee. The Players Association also want a piece of this because the players are saying, you know, all of these gambling sites and these bookies and whatever are going to use our likenesses and our statistics and all of these things without our permission. So we want to cut, too. So now there's lawsuits pending about how to get the Players Association to get a cut out of all this windfall that's supposed to um, happen. The most interesting thing that I read, however, was um, in a story that quoted both um, Cowboy Joe West, the only umpire everybody can name, right? Yeah, that's for sure. And guess who? Scooter Jeanette. Talking about dangers inherent inherent in gambling on in sports. I'm making okay. it like it. So, so who's in danger? So ev- apparently umpires and players. Joe West said. Oh, that's not good. He said, I, I, I am really scared about this. He said that um, he said, it scares me to death. In fact, he's not worried about his umpires getting bought off. He's worried about people who lose bets, taking it out on uh, what they perceive to be a bad call by an umpire. Which happens enough already. Right. People are yelling involved. and screaming. I've yelled at plenty of an umpire, mm-hmm. but I, I'm a pacifist, so I would never try to hurt them physically. And Scooter Jeanette said, and this is a quote by him, it's amazing what drunk fans that hate their lives will say to players, even with no money, 
on the game, mm. right? I can't imagine anything worse. So even there, there are some players who are a little afraid that if this becomes more widespread, everyone knows people are gambling now. If it becomes more widespread, is this going to be a little bit dangerous for the umpires and for the players? We're going to have to keep an eye on this one for sure. The last thing I want to talk about, I think I'm going to have to write about because I have too many feels about the new NFL rule oh, about the, you know, you have to stand at attention for the for the national anthem or go hide in the um, in the locker room. We could talk another hour about that. One fun fact. I'm going to limit it to one fun fact. Mm-hmm. Everything I read said, oh, it was unanimous. It was a unanimous decision by the owners. Turns out the 49ers, you know, the owner or the general manager, whoever voted, actually abstained. He didn't, didn't vote on this because he wanted more conversation. He wanted to consult the players union, which nobody else wanted to do. Because right now it's basically illegal because it's a change in work expectations for their employees, right? That, and it didn't Without go through the agreeing. players union. And he also said, well, if it's about respect for the national anthem, perhaps we should close the concession stands during the national anthem. And what he heard back was crickets because that's money and nobody wants to lose money. Hmm. It's hockey week. It's Stanley Cup playoffs. Everyone's given Bryce Harper credit for predicting the Las Vegas Golden Knights, his hometown team, against the Capitals, his new hometown team. What he really said was, wouldn't it be cool if, but that's okay. So that's happening. The basketball playoffs are happening. Yeah, we got a little Cleveland-Boston thing happening across this table, right? If you are wondering about how you decide who to root for, check out our Root for Boston. If you don't want to root for Boston but aren't sure what to do about all of these things, check out our website, nocryingandbball.com, for our latest blog post about how to figure out your algorithm about who to vote for when you don't have skin in the game or a horse in the race or a dog in the fight. Our fantasy boyfriend baseball league, weirdly, the only change is the point spread. We've got some stability going on here. In case you missed this last week, I'm still in first place. By so much. It's 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 pretty comfortable. My other team is crashing and I forgot so much. I forgot to look at things yesterday to remove people who are in the DL and stuff like that. But I've got my first place team. You've got the second place team, your commission team. Deborah's doing really well. out She's breathing down my neck. Hi, Deborah. With her third place team. Power to you. Fourth is your NCIB team. And fifth, the Tacoma Park Sox are hanging in there. What are we doing on Friday night this week, Potty Mouth? We are going to an opportunity meeting to maybe be volunteers for the All-Star Game. So we have to ace our interviews. We have to go through the training. And we'll see if we can get any volunteer jobs at the All-Star Game in your nation's capital. If you have any hints on how to really ace this interview, please let us know. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate, and please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. so much to talk about.